In a world of confusion and hot topics, we are all looking for answers. Welcome to Tam Talks, a place for real and honest conversation on relevant issues today. And here's your host, Tammy Hotzenpeller. Hey guys, well, welcome back to Tam Talk, a place for real and honest conversation and even some miracle stories. As you know, we're going through a series right now based on my book, Fasting for Miracles. And we have heard so many miracle stories. I've walked you through scriptures and I've coached you on believing God for your miracle. But I also love it when you get to hear stories of other people's miracles, when you literally get to be in the room with someone sharing their miracle story. So I want to introduce you to Sagi and James. And Sagi is a part of our Women of Influence ministry here at Influence Church. And she stopped me one day after one of my teachings, and she said, I'd love to share with you my story. And to be honest with you, I was captivated. Because this is a supernatural story. This is a divine miracle. And I want you to have hope today. I want you to know that if God hears Sagi's request, and your heart, and your prayer, that he hears yours as well. So let's get started. Whether you're watching me guys on podcast right now, or you're on our YouTube channel, you are in for a treat in today's story. So welcome, guys. Thank you. It was fun setting up the studio. And James, what do you think? Uh, It's great. (laughs) You you feel like you're kind of like behind the cameras and all that kind of stuff right now? You ready to go with your story? Yeah, we're ready to go. Oh, well, let's start. Siggy, um, give us the storyline before James had his encounter with how God met him, but you were having health issues, right? And Correct. and you really needed God to come through in your life with a miracle. Tell us the story. Yes. So in 2004, um, we were expecting and our daughter, um, everything seemed to be going fine with the pregnancy. Everything was um, as it should have for a young mid 20 year old um, who had been very athletic, you know, healthy and whatnot. And so there were no red flags um, until four days after the baby was born. Um, four days after um, she was born, we were, we were discharged from the hospital to go home. And so James and I both were really happy to be home with our brand new baby. And um, within minutes, within 20 minutes, I would say I, began to experience the most excruciating headache uh, I've ever had in my life. Um, it I can't truly describe it other than just excruciating. Um, I began to go in and out of consciousness and um, the paramedics were called. I was rushed to the nearest trauma center, ER, uh, where they ran some tests, CAT scans, and they found out that I was having a hemorrhagic stroke. I was bleeding in my brain. Um, I don't recall much other than waking up in the ER and seeing my husband there um, worried and I just reached out to him and I told him, you know, it's not good for you to be alone. Call some of the brothers to be with you. Um, And he did. And then after that, I just don't remember anything anymore. Uh, I eventually, that was on a Sunday. So by Tuesday, early, early morning, I had slipped into a coma. Um, the nurses in the ICU, and according to my records, um, said I was uh, comatose, wasn't breathing. Um, I There was no neurological response. My pupils were six millimeters fixed, and there was a need for emergency brain surgery. Okay, James, what are you thinking during this time? Well, um, when we first learned, when we first got to the hospital, 
and uh, they did these tests and they found that she had a, a bleed in the brain um, they had the neurosurgeon or they contacted the neur neurosurgeon and um, he looked at the results and said oh well we're gonna have to try and manage this I don't think I'm gonna do surgery and put her in the um, ICU uh, to monitor her very closely and um, I was just overwhelmed at that time that's my grandmother had passed away from a bleed in the brain and so I immediately felt the the gravity of the situation and um, started making phone calls to some of the brothers and sisters that we met with at our church and uh, some of them showed up to, to be with to be with us but um, she went into the ICU they were monitoring her somehow eventually I got home for a short period of time and was awoken at around 5 a.m. in the morning with an emergency phone call indicating that they were asking me uh, for permission to do emergency surgery on my wife um, because she had a second massive bleed and they said she was non-responsive like she said posturing um, all these things so at that point um, you know I went immediately to the hospital uh, and we were met with the doctors as he's gonna do this and that and it should be a couple hours so he had us waiting in a in a waiting room and as the time went by two hours three hours four hours uh, I started actually going to shock you know just realizing this is not good not hearing back from them so eventually and I and we started getting kind of members from the church showing up to be um, to be with me and we were we were praying uh, but eventually we got led into a counseling room at the hospital and and I've been in those rooms before usually you go to those rooms right before somebody yeah. um, uh, passes away and uh, so we went into that room and it wasn't just myself, but we had family members there and other, like I said, brothers and sisters from the church. We had a one of the leading elders was there with his wife. And rather than just sitting around, we started praying. And we were praying for her to recover. Um, the, the doctor had given me an update and said, you know, the surgery's over with. He was able to actually repair. Uh, he called it the hematoma. Uh, and that, um, but we're, we're waiting to see how she responds. This is a very critical time. And we'll do this time period will determine whether she makes it or not and so uh, we're in this room and we're praying for her recovery and uh, at a certain point um, a nurse came in and had told my brother something and it, and it really wasn't good news and we knew it wasn't by the reaction of those who could hear uh, what she was saying and that kind of spread like a fire in the room where uh, you know um, emotionally I just kind of got overwhelmed and and her sister and I kind of lost it emotionally um, and I remember that uh, one of the sisters with us had just reached out and touched me and said you know it's it's okay to cry but not uncontrollably and that's when I realized uh, you know um, maybe we're not praying in the right way and the prayer in the room began to change from you know Lord can you just can you spare her can you um, you know give her a recovery from this to you know we just we give her up to you in a sense. Um, you know, we just ask that whatever your will is. And it was kind of hard to pray those prayers, but I don't know, sensing the, the gravity of the time, my brother grabbed me. We, he took me out of that room and we went into a courtyard, which was right outside the window where she was being tended to. And you could hear all kinds of bells and alarms going off, um, you know, as you can imagine. And uh, uh, a lot of commotion in there. And for some reason, we, we just lifted her up in prayer to God. 
much like um, I liken it to Abraham giving up Isaac on the mountaintop. But what happened? What, what happened next? You know what, James? I'm gonna let, I'm gonna say something here. This is power. I, I, this is real, guys. This is not just a story. This is a miracle story. You know, and so much of what I talk about in the book, because I have Abraham and Isaac in the book, I have the story in the book, is this is called the fight of faith. Because God's getting ready to do a miracle. He knows what he's getting ready to do, but it is his children who he wants to exercise their faith. Yeah. And he was allowing you guys to exercise your faith. And you transitioned from asking for a miracle to maybe being at peace with releasing her. Mm-hmm. And now you're having your Abraham, Isaac moment where God, if you want to take her, and I'm going to be honest with you. Hey, this is just real. When does that point come? When do we say, God, your will be done? Mm-hmm. And I can't give you that answer. I can tell you that as a pastor, as a leader, as a life coach, as a follower of Jesus, I'm going to fight for my miracle unless God shows me otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I want to say to you that right now, because you guys did. God was getting ready to meet you in a supernatural way. But everything in our humanity says, I don't have the strength to go on. I don't even know if I have the faith to believe. That's what the book, Fasting for Miracles, is about. The stories of the people in the Bible that also gave up hope. And then Holy Spirit came and renewed their faith and breathed life into them. So you're back there, James. You are right outside. Bells and whistles are going. You're at the hospital. You're in the courtyard. You're praying. You're having an encounter just like the Old Testament, Abraham giving up Isaac, what happened? So we had our hands up in prayer, and it may have been a few minutes we were doing this, and all of a sudden a nurse ran down the hall, opened the door to the courtyard, and yelled up, yelled into the courtyard that, uh, that um, my wife had opened her eyes. And at that point, I, we just threw up our hands and ran um, screaming hallelujah mm. in the hospital. And we ran around, all the way around, and got into the same room we were just outside of. And sure enough, there she was, um, intubated, right, uh, with her eyes open. And um, the, do- the neurosurgeon was there. A bunch of nurses were there. And um, they started asking her to raise her right hand. She raised her right hand. Raise your left hand. She raised her left hand, touch your nose, all that stuff, raise, move your right foot, move your left foot, all those things. Um, and I was like, wow, uh, you know, I had the, we had this sense that, you know, she was going to make it through this. And, um, and just as all that was going on, you know, you start to get kind of questions too, even right in the middle of all this. Um, oh, well, how was her mind and everything, right? And uh, there was a doctor that she knows, um, that knows her, was just happened to be walking by in the hospital in the ICU. I love the just happens of God. Yeah. And he came over to, to see what was going on. He was like, whoa, what's going on here? And they gave her a piece of paper, and she started writing on there, Happy B-Day. And the date, I believe, was the 9th um, of March. And I saw the paper first, and I was going, I, I don't know what that means. Um, and then uh, – the other doctor saw it and he goes, Oh, I can't believe you remembered my birthday. Oh my goodness. Siggy. So that kind of put it all together. Mm-hmm. Your <laughs> yeah. mind was working. <laughs> yeah. Now that wasn't the end of all this, mm. but um, it certainly was like uh, the point of the roller coaster where, you know, it was just yeah. ups and downs, but this was clearly one of the ups. So you're, you're awake 
right now you're alive, right. your family knows you're alive. What's going on with you? I mean, you went into that coma. Is this when you had your encounter? No. That was it, yet to come. Yes. So what happened after that? And I, I don't quite recall if it was prior to me waking up or if it was after, but I did have an encounter with the Lord. And I want to say, was it that night? Um, mm. I, I, drank, I, I, I didn't dream myself. It was for sure I was there. So there's a difference. You know, you see yourself in a dream, but when you know you've experienced mm. it, that mm. I was there, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was in, in this void, um, really just nothing. It was, it was a void and I was on my knees um, praying desperately to the Lord, uh, screaming. Uh, it was it was such a desperation. I can't really describe it, other than, you know, the way I describe it is like when when a when a baby who's very attached to the mother mm. and they take away the baby from her arms, mm. how they cry with yeah. such desperation. There was such a desperation, and I was just screaming it and crying, and I was praying out loud, Lord, you have to sanctify me, Lord, you have to sanctify me, and I just kept repeating that, and I and I would say, Lord you promised and you fulfill all your promises you have to sanctify me uh, at one point i i felt his presence i felt him right in front of me i was on my knees looking down such desperate feeling and i felt his presence i wanted to look up and when i glanced up i i couldn't really um look at him because it was all light brighter than the sun I can't truly describe it other than it was definitely brighter than the sun in the image of a man. So I, that's all I, I grasped from looking up and it blinded me. So I, I went back down to just, you know, um, I was on my knees looking down, praying, con continuing to pray that prayer. Lord, you have to sanctify me. You have to sanctify me. Um, the ICU nurse shook me and when I, out he said you know you were you were screaming mm. and I said what was I screaming he said the whole ICU heard you Lord you have to sanctify me um, I to that point when I woke up I didn't know what sanctification mm. truly meant mm. um, which of course led me to my Bible mm -hmm. to try to find out what is sanctification mm -hmm. why was I praying mm -hmm. that um, but that was that was um, it was an encounter where you know Lord you are so real. Mm. You were there with me mm. and um, just perfecting my faith. You know, um, we've talked about this in our women's group because the word sanctify means to right. set apart for a holy purpose. Mm. That is literally something that's been sanctified. Mm -hmm. We see it in the Old Testament where they would sanctify something before worship. Mm. And we've taught that at salvation, the word is justified that we are justified, our sin is justified. Kind of think of it this way, just as if I never sinned. So when Jesus looks at you, he looks at you justified under the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you've been justified under the blood of Jesus. But you don't stop there. Then you move on in your pilgrimage to sanctification. And I like to say we need to be sanctified every day because it literally is sanctifying ourselves to God. We're offering ourselves a living sacrifice and literally saying, I want to be set apart every day for a holy purpose. And I find it ironic, yet maybe destiny, <laughs> that your name means sacred. 
Right. Sacred is what Sagi right. means. Sagi means Sagi right. means sacred, which is the name her mother gave her. And I believe, listen, I just don't, I'm, I like to kind of flow with these, as you guys know. And so I, I want to get into the story, but God has divine appointments for every one of us. Mm -hmm. And you are not isolated. You are not any different or special or, wow, I wish I would have an encounter like that. Every one of us, James, yours was different than Sagi's, but you had an encounter with God. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you know God, you press in it. Obviously, this was coming out of your soul and you had a deep desire probably to be sanctified with God. Right. It, it's almost as if he has to crush our will and our humanity to put us in a state of release. And that's where you were. You were in desperation. Right. You had that picture of that child screaming. What I see is there's connection and you don't want to let go. When you see a little baby screaming, they don't want their mom or daddy to let them go because they have connection, they have safety, they have identity. And that image was of you, don't let me go, Correct. Jesus, sanctify me. Correct. What happened next in the story? Towards the end, actually, I missed a, a step. You know, before waking up, I, I felt his presence. I felt his embrace. And that's when I knew, you know, he's, he's with me. He is not letting me go. Um, after that, after I woke up, it was, there were many ordeals uh, after that, just fighting to, to stay alive. And every, every one of those came, you know, with having to realign, you know, our, ourselves with him and make sure that, you know, our faith was just being strengthened mm -hmm. through every single ordeal, just fighting to stay alive. We had other experiences. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of like the initial you know jolt and miracle if you will uh but it continued mm -hmm. you know um you know when i was i remember uh going home again at some point uh and you know our daughter you know we had family taking care of our daughter uh we had people bringing us meals i mean all the needs were being met but yet at the same time, we knew how dangerous this situation still is. It's like, oh, she's not out of the woods. And you keep getting these reports and it, it kind of puts you into fear in a sense. You know, mm -hmm. no, what can I do? And so um, that became a real wrestling uh, with me. And I remember even I was rolling on the floor and I couldn't get any sleep on the bed. I was laying on the floor and I just um, this was just it had me just praying constantly to God, you know, for for. Um, mm -hmm you know, her complete healing. And through that process, I felt a, a peace come over me that I had never felt before. And it was like surety, you know, so, something that you could be sure of, uh, that everything was going to be okay. Um, and uh, the, the word that comes to my mind is um, unceasingly pray. Uh, you know, in those days, it, I almost every se second, it seemed like, you know, I was just calling on Lord Jesus this and Lord Jesus that. And, and yeah, we did have um, some situations that came up uh, that were equally life-threatening. Um, but through it all, uh, you know, um, the Lord pulled us through all that. Yeah. You know, guys, um, this is, I want you to hear this story because it's a story of faith and it's a story of hope. And we, we can all tell stories that didn't have this kind of ending but I don't want you to forget the kind of stories that do have this kind of ending. Because what happens is sometimes we give up too soon. And what I love is how God orchestrated your divine testimonies to be independent of one another. Mm. 
He met you and do not lose sight of what just happened in an encounter where she saw Jesus. She saw Jesus. You cannot look into a ray of light that is brighter than the sun that he created. That light, he says that he is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And then in the midst of being in a coma, in and out of life and death, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I believe there was a moment where you were, you were gone and you were in the presence of God. When doctors had written you off, the great physician had your healing. Amen. And I, I just want you to know you can dance around the afterlife all you want, but there is a God that you will give an account to. And his name is Jesus. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And these are encounters. We want you to hear these stories because I want to encourage you in your faith and encourage you in your miracle because James, you said it so well. You had a struggle and you had a fight and you had to pray without ceasing, which is so good to be in a spirit of prayer. God met you and he increased your faith through your struggle. He increased your faith through your struggle. Don't ever fight the struggle. Just realize God's faith is being increased through that. And how old were you again? Remind me, early 20s. 26. 26 years old, right? 26. Okay, now, I don't want to, I have another question, but if there, is there anything like at the hospital or during that moment that you said, I don't want to miss telling this part of the story because I want to do an after yes. story yes. If you, when you get ready. So anything you can think of you want to share during that time before you were released? Yes, actually, I, I really appreciate you sharing uh, what you just shared. My, my mother, um, she was with us still. She shared the very same thing. She said, you know, when you had your encounter with the Lord, you were not in time yeah. anymore. Yeah. In time, you were in another sphere. Yeah. You were definitely enjoying him. Yeah. Um, and it, it really stuck with me because throughout all of this, you know, she was, she was my rock as well. Um, you know, just really encouraging me, always reminding me to turn to the Lord. There was uh, a time, a point in time where um, I ended up also with deeping thrombosis mm-hmm. from being bedridden so sure. long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so on the one hand, I bled on my brain. The other hand, mm-hmm. I was clotting. And, uh, you know, the doctors were trying to figure out what to do, what not. And um, after that, I also ended up with a staph infection on my, mm-hmm. on my head wound. And um, that was very, that was life-threatening. We had tried every antibiotic under the sun. Nothing was working. We had one more last antibiotic to try, but it was very expensive. And that was another experience we had where we just saw, you know, a a miracle performed. Um, Insurance was not approving it, very expensive. And um, just right before we... uh, someone actually reached out and said we will we will buy it the doctor calls james when he was about to call the pharmacy to order it and says the insurance just approved it so you know just things like that and so when i was struggling with the infection i there was a point in time where i went to my appointment came back home and i began to sob right when i got home my mother was waiting for us at the door and she just looked at me and said uh, she called me by my middle name, Ursheli, and she said, Ursheli, wipe your tears and come inside. So I did that, and when I sat down, she said, why do you cry? Or do you not, do you not believe that he who started the good work in you will finish it till the end? And I knew 
you know, Lord, you just want me to trust in you. You want me to have faith in you. And that's what I will do. So after that, we began to pray every single day. We began to pray for miracles. We began to pray, intercede for others. People started calling us, just asking us to pray for certain matters. And we began to see the Lord answering all these prayers. It was every morning at 10 a.m. we would come together my mother and I, and then we opened it up to whomever wanted to join mm -hmm. us. And we started to pray and we began to see uh, the Lord answering these prayers, sometimes within hours, sometimes within a day. And it was instead of it being a suffering going through, oh, here I am, you know, not really being able to raise my baby, um, not just trying, fighting to stay alive. When I think back to that time, I think of being in a honeymoon with the Lord. You know, that's how I, I describe it. You know, just it was I loved, loved, enjoyed every moment of it because instead of suffering, it became a gain. You know, I want to say to someone, I love how Holy Spirit works and prompts because someone needed to hear that scripture. He who began a good work in you, mm -hmm. that's Jesus. He began a good work through a miracle, through faith, through a story, through a problem, through a conflict. He who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Right. And right now, someone needs to be activated in their faith. You have let it fall to the ground and you need to pick your faith back up because he's begun a good work in you. He already gave you glimpses of hope. And in your discouragement and in your doubt, and maybe because it was longer than you thought, you didn't like the timing of God, you let your faith fall to the ground. And I want you to listen to the story and know that Jesus is saying, I began a good work in you. I will complete it if you believe in me. God wants to do a miracle in your life. I believe that. So James, right now, you're home. You've got your family. You've got your baby. You've gone through a lot. She just shared a lot. There wasn't just the issue. There were multiple issues. Mm -hmm. You know, I understand hospital bills. Our son was born <laughs> premature. And when, you know, we got him home and he was healed. And then we got the hospital bill. And only God could cover that bill, which he did, because we didn't have the resources. So there's multiple ways that God met your needs. But now it's time to move on, because the hardest thing is then, where do we go from here? How do we find a normal life after this? What was that like? That's a good question. Um, I don't know how to explain that, other than there was so much. Uh, we, I felt we were so blessed. Mm. And, and, and when things kind of settle down, um, it's, it's a little bit difficult to adjust to that. Yeah. Because uh, I, and I reflect back and I, and I, I always, I always tell Sagi that while that may have been the most difficult time in our lives, it was actually the most joyful time too. Um, I mean, we had, um, people were signing up to bring us meals and it got to the point where it's like, well, I could cook something, <laughs> you know, but, um, mm. yeah, I think, uh, mm. yeah, that was, it was de definitely. Isn't a, it hard to wrap our head around the fact that God uses adversity to strengthen us? Yeah. You know, and that's right. the, that's the big question that most Christians right. have. Where was God? And God said, I was in the middle of your miracle. I was in the middle of your miracle. Mm -hmm. And so many of us have either left God or we've left our faith because we couldn't find his silent voice. He says he does speak with a still small voice. Right. You know, and sometimes we're just not listening to that voice, right? 
Okay, right. so we, we're going to conclude. I, I think we could talk all day. Right. I think we're really good. This is really good. There's one more thing I want to add. We were looking into the the medical reports afterwards, kind of just to see what was going on in the hospital at the time. And the surgeon didn't tell us this, you know. Mm. But uh, as we were reviewing those reports, um, uh, when she had that second massive bleed, um, you know, the surgeon was in the hospital. I think he was sleeping there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he had to do a CAT scan on her. That's the first thing they had to do. They took her CAT scan and said CAT scan machine wasn't working. So they had a backup CAT scan on a truck on the other end of the hospital. So they wheeled her down there and it wasn't working. So he actually went in blind, not knowing where this second bleed was. Um, And we saw that. We were just like, wow. It's the hands of God. The hands of God. The hands of God. Remember, there is a, a... great physician that's right the hands of god that that's that right. would that's your book yeah that's your book title you. girlfriend the hands of god thank you right yes yes well so yeah i want to end with this because i want people to know two things have hit me i love when things hit me in my spirit i love to talk about number one is that don't ever stop telling your story because what happens is so often we say well that was so long ago you know that was so long ago can you see the emotion that's evoked in these two as they're telling their story years later. That God that gave you that beautiful miracle, that testimony is the same God that's working today. Don't ever stop telling your story or sharing your testimony. But Sagit, you have, you've moved on and you're very successful. I know, I believe you have your master's in education. Uh, a doctorate. A doc- oh, excuse me. She has a doctorate. <laughs> yes. This girl, I am in, I'll tell you what, you two, have, you two are quite the couple. Let me tell you, very, very <laughs> blessed you. to have you on my show. But God has used you and you love to educate children. You're an educator yes. of children. And yes. um, we're going to end in just like a minute because I, I, sure. I know we got, but I'm going to have you on again. But you're watching. I, I want to segue because God, we've talked this scripture all the time for such a time as this. <laughs> and I can't help but think that God saved your life, healed your life, sustained your life for such a time as this, James, right? Because yes. you are an advocate for children today, Absolutely. for education today, yes. for what's happening in our schools today. Absolutely. I know we've talked to you even here with our Learning Center right. at Influence Church. Yes. So can you just give in a minute or two, maybe a word of encouragement as someone yes. who's gone through miracles, got sustained your life, speak to both of you if you want to, to parents today and how to pray for our parents and be involved in our, not pray for our parents, as parents to pray for our children and be involved in our children's lives because this is another gift God has given us. Right, yes, for sure. I I am thankful to be where I am. And yes, the doctorate even came after the brain surgery. Mm. Um, I do believe that the Lord can use this and I have, I pray every morning. And my encouragement and my words to every parent, as a parent myself as well, is never stop praying for your children. Never stop, stop being their advocates. Um, you know, uh, pray to the Lord. He will guide. He will supply uh, how to raise them properly. And as an educator myself, I like to, for sure, um, you know, just be an advocate for mm-hmm. the a strong foundation for our children. Mm-hmm. Um, protect them, you know, really from children are the most important thing in our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, the Lord has given them to us and we will give an account for them. So raising them in the Lord should always be number one. Okay. 
Well, guys, you need to be informed. You have to be informed. You cannot assume that your teachers or leaders are training up your children. Correct. That was a command to parents. Correct. Train up a child in the way they shall grow up. Yes. And when they grow train up your child in the way they shall go, and when they grow old, they will not depart from it. That's on you, That's Mama. Right. That's on you, Dad. That's right. We have to know. We have to be an advocate, and we have to speak up. So on so many accounts, thank you guys for being here. You know, thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for your vulnerability. Thank mm -hmm. you for your faith. You have touched so many people's lives today. And then, James, do you want to conclude with something before we end here today? Sure. I'll just say um, when all this was going on, uh, friends came up to me and were telling me, oh, you got to be strong. You got to have faith at this time. Your wife needs you. And I'm like, I clearly know that. But I also realized what a lack I had. Mm -hmm. Just I'm like, I'm not up to this challenge. But there's somebody who always is. And that's why I learned that he is the author and perfecter of our faith. Yes. And you turn to him and everything is is okay, no matter how it turns out. That's right. Wow. You know, you two are a wealth of knowledge. I mean, your testimony is so powerful. Um, scripture memory, there's no doubt that you two know the Word of God and you hold the Word of God close and you live the Word of God. So thank you for your example. Thank you for your testimony. Thank you for the hours of prayer and Bible study and faith that you have exercised to share your story with us today. And thank it's been you. a privilege and pleasure to have you here thank today. Thank you. Thank you for having thank us. You. Wow, guys, what do you think? Real and honest conversations? I say so. This is about as real as it gets. So let me say to you right now, if you need a miracle, if you need God to work, get on your face before him. Talk to him. Seek him out. Listen for his promptings. It doesn't mean that you won't have struggle. It won't mean that you won't have setbacks. But it will mean that you have a comforter and a guide right. along the journey. Love you guys so much. Thanks for being here. Hey, if you're watching me right now on my YouTube channel, would you go down and subscribe? I'd love to have you be aware of all of our interviews. As you can see, they're pretty powerful. And if you're listening to us on our podcast today, would you share this story with someone that might need a miracle story in their life today? Thank you guys for joining us. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks for joining us today on Tam Talks. You can find more resources and information at TammyHotzenpeller.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. We pray blessings and abundance over your life today. Until next time, stay safe and God bless.